It is Saturday, September 1st, and you are tuned into the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com and presented by Hameen Media. On this week's show, it's all about StarCast and All In, but before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional, professional wrestling world, which I guess this weekend anyway is just Chicago. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. You can find me on Twitter at NotJargo. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, I am not alone. I am sitting inside of a hotel room with two of my favorite people in the entire universe. Ladies and gentlemen, the first up, Huckleberry number one, RBV. Rick, welcome to Chicago. It's me, it's me. It's that order of the B to the V. Rick Vickery here again, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are celebrating in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, StarCast has been a whirlwind. More importantly here, it is uh, very early Saturday morning, and we are finally sitting down to record episode 100. We put this off for two days because we didn't know what to talk about. We've got so much to talk about. We legitimately had no idea where to begin. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, I have another person here and she, I guess she's the newest addition to the show because she's been way more over than we have been this weekend that's right she's getting over I'm calling in the big guns Carly welcome back to the show hi everyone <laughs> that's what you get like we, we talk our ass off and she's like hi everyone no, she's, she's getting attention from uh, was it Christopher Daniels the OG's Tama Tonga looked at her and I, t- I knew she was gone <laughs> I don't stand a chance against the OGs, man. Say, you know, the three of us have, have been out hustling uh, over these last couple of days, trying to get so much content put together, uh, speaking to as many people as we can, you know, just spreading the word. Uh, but I also want to give a big shout out, you know, to those in the Hameen Media Group uh, that we've been hanging out with. Major props to one, Adam Rivera, uh, who has been straight out hustling. He's been uh, getting bumper after bumper, just as, as many just sound bites as he can from the great talents are there. Uh, also, uh, William Alessio, he just arrived today. It was great to finally get to catch up with him, hang out with him. Uh, he gave us a lift back. I was going to say it was great for him to give us a lift back to the hotel because our shuttle just said the hell with these guys. We're not picking them up again. Uh, and then also uh, Boney Munez, who is, isn't as, as active as most in the everyday goings on in the group. But, you know, she's been there from day one in the Pick'em Challenge. Uh, great catching up with her. Uh, looking forward to, you know, hopefully hooking up with the Strangler tomorrow, and also, who are, who are we? Oh, Joey Anderson, who we've been waiting on. Uh, last we heard, he went into a Walmart, so we hope that he made it out okay. I, I'm afraid that he is sorting crap boxes with Jersey Mike. I'm just hoping you know, he didn't get Ibushi'd at the airport at a Walmart. <laughs> yes, we will talk about Kota Ibushi in a little bit, as Ibushi has, oh my god, I just saw Kenny Omega jump off of a balcony. No, I'm watching an old match on Access TV. Um... I want to talk a little bit about StarCast because uh, obviously we have been at StarCast now for for two days. We have seen an insane amount of people. I have been carrying around an insanely heavy backpack with a portable studio 
and we're, we're going up and we're talking to anybody and everybody. One person you will not be hearing from is Wade Keller. Um, and we'll tell that story at a later time. But we've got Diamond Dallas Page is going to be coming up on the show. We've got a gentleman from Australia who is working for the Crash Lucha Libre. His name is Craven. We're going to have a big interview with him. And then we're going to do sit down and do something long form with him at another point. We are trying to secure SCU, but we're, we're playing phone tag, as the case may be. I spoke with our friend Josh the Goods Woods. We found out he's got a big MMA fight coming up. We're going to be having him on the show. We're going to have our boy Shane Taylor back on the show. Tomorrow, we are supposed to speak with Amber O'Neill. Today, I spoke with Noelle Foley. I saw all you creepers in the Hami Media Discussion Group talking about how she was telling me to get away from her. No, she's just an intense person, just like her father. Who else have we talked to? Oh, so, so many to go around. You know, just, you know, Eric just, Bischoff, Artie Reynolds. Oh, how, how could we forget this one? You know, our, our extended family over at One Wrestling, VideoOneWrestling.com. You know, that was that was probably one of the highlights that we've had over the last couple of days, uh, getting to catch up with Mr. Raptor and, you know, the, the team that he's working with, with the After Chat. Uh, we all had a chance to uh, uh, just, you know, uh, meet. Over, yeah, just meet, actually, and spend a little time together. Got some great photos. Uh, I know you two, especially in that photo op, each of you, a little something special for if you want to share that. Mm, I got to wear the gobbledygooker head, man. <laughs> like, dude, like, how do you not mark out for the gobbledygooker? Come on, Carly got to wear the gobbledygooker yes. head. I, you might want to remember that moment because tomorrow the gooker's got to go one-on-one with one uh, Eric Bischoff. Oh, man. So the, the man under the turkey, <laughs> 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 he might not be the same afterwards. Artie Reynolds signed my book. That makes me happy, too. And then right afterwards, I got Eric Bischoff to sign my book. That was absolutely hilarious. Uh, so what's been everybody's favorite event? Uh, so far, we, we, we saw we went to the Papa Buck Jam session last night. Uh, we saw the roast of Bruce Pritchard today. We saw the Four Star Summit today. Uh, Rick, I know you went over to Botchamania for a little bit last night. What's, what's kind of been everybody's favorite moment of StarCast thus far? Go ahead, Carly. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the roast. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. It was so much fun. I, I really enjoyed that one. Poor X-Pac, man. That guy just kept <laughs> getting it. And I, I, I did feel bad for Jeff Jarrett because everybody kept pointing out that he's a miserable failure daddy's boy who you know just can't seem to keep himself out of rehab. And now he's been sober for like under a year and we're just like taking shots at him i almost felt bad for double j i think the rose you know it was expected it was going to be over the top you know no holds barred but it, it over delivered i mean it, it was hilarious at times the comedians they brought in were, were absolutely incredible uh but as carly said you know that that was a great event i pro- probably have to agree that was the highlight so far for me but you know what really surprised me i didn't think i would really enjoy it at all but you know, there was kind of some open seats in there. You could kind of go relax. And that was the, the jam session with Papa Buck. That was pretty cool, too. That was very cool. And that was also the first time that we got to see Cody over the course of the weekend. And, of course, we have talked here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast several times now. Blonde-haired Cody is a dick. Dark-haired Cody is a, is a pretty decent human being. I wonder and though, we're back if we're to blonde hair too much Cody. into that because of what this means, you know, all in, you got Starcast, he's going after that NWA championship. Is it that he's You think he's bleeding tomorrow? 
I, I would go that way. But I was just thinking, you know, maybe this is more of a tribute to his dad to go with the blonde. That's a good point as well. That's a very good point. Uh, Carly, of course, has been getting hit on by professional wrestlers over the course of the weekend. Let's see. We've got Tama Tonga, got Christopher Daniels. You, you finally got Marty Skrull to acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. Um, while we were at the roast of Bruce Hangman Pritchard. Uh, yeah, Hangman. Uh, at the roast of Bruce Pritchard, X-Pac was looking you up and down. And then he'd look at me. And then he'd look back at you. And then he'd look back at me like, what the? <laughs> really? And so, yeah, and that's when, I, that's when I put my arm around you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Who's, who's the one guy that you have marked out for more than anybody else? Hmm. Uh, probably Marty, because I totally did a, I don't even know what to say, deer caught in headlights type of look, so... Yeah. Uh, for for <laughs> our age demographic that listens to this show, that it basically would have been the equivalency of a teenage girl at a New Kids on the Block concert <laughs> in uh, 1987. That was it. Was that kind of shrill? Yeah, it, it really was. It was, I was embarrassing. I, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> uh, so since we're making those uh, comparisons, let's let's not forget. You know, if you're if you ever go to one of these conventions like this. At the end of the night when the place is closing, it's like a junior high pr- a dance, pretty much. Uh, everybody's standing outside waiting for their ride, and no one is getting fucking laid in, in the wrestling fan base. It was also pretty cool sitting in the bar last night. We walk in, and legitimately, the women's revolution is sitting behind us at a table having dinner. You have Amber O'Neill, who we'll be speaking with tomorrow, Velvet Sky, Angelina Love, Jazz. Uh, was there somebody else? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Wasn't there five? I think there, there was five, but she had a hat or a hood on, so it was kind of hard to identify her. But it was legitimately, the basically, the impact roster from the heyday of the knockouts division. That was really cool to see all those women sitting there catching up. Well, it's not, you know, forgetting, you know, all weekend, who's been hustling would be, uh, I guess, better known, more recognizable than the name Victoria. Her and ODB, they were running the barbecue stand right outside the front door. Those two ladies were hustling. Uh, they were moving some cue. Uh, some mighty good cue, I might add. Uh, I, I think the, the hustler of the week, though, has to go to MJF. MJF was hitting podcast row uh, earlier today. This is from uh, our, our friend Mike Killam. I, I use friend very loosely. But from our, our friend Mike Killam. And uh, this is a tweet that he sent out. So MJF told me, I'm going to make you buy one of my shirts. Then he took my phone, sent $25 from my PayPal to his, handed me a shirt, and told me to get lost. (laughs) Congratulations, MJF. You are the hustler of all of StarCast. I want to know how many people he has pulled that off with. Because that's awesome. Good for you, kid. Good for you. Get yourself over. Talk about getting some heat, man. That's fantastic. What else have we seen at StarCast? Um, Tons of people walking around. Rick, you got to tell this story. So we go into the gas station on the way back here. And as we're (laughs) (laughs) while we're in the gas station getting sodas, in walks the one and only, the the most miserable motherfucker in WCW, as, as he has told uh, Mr. Conrad Thompson now, Raven comes walking in right behind <laughs> us. And tell everybody what Raven was buying 
at the gas station. We know it all kind of starts. You, you kind of tell, you know, like I said, you know, this is after tonight's show. It is late. Everyone has been there the entire day. You know, even ourselves, you know, we thought about going out for a drink, getting something to eat. And it was kind of, you know, we've been here. We've been here for 12 hours in addition to what we had to do yesterday on pod, Podcast Row. And you could tell that Raven was probably feeling the same way there. Uh, he's kind of lethargic, going from aisle to aisle, just, just casually shopping, looking for something to grab his eye. Uh, the first thing that really popped me, though, is I didn't really see what products he had in his hand, but he's over there buying the, the auto tickets, the auto lottery tickets inside the <laughs> gas station. So he ends up, he's got scratch-offs, two bananas, two protein bars, and, and he's actually in front of us as, as the three of us are waiting. We've got Will outside. He's, he wants to go get on with his night. And Raven's, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me go get something else. So he goes over, and he's got to get his protein, so he gets his bag of nuts. So we got a lot of tickets. We've got a lot of tickets. We've got a bag of nuts, two bananas, two protein bars. And just to make sure that he gets all that delicious nut home safe, he's got to have it double bagged. So in all, <laughs> that was the best. So in all, I mean, we're, we're kind of behind what, him what in the What was his aisles. exact quote when he said he had to have he it says, double bagged? He says, I have to have it double bagged because if it tears, then I will cry. <laughs> So it's pretty much we're behind Raven in the store the entire time. We're probably in there like an extra 20 minutes as Raven is, is taking his time shopping through this this quickie mark, pretty much. Yeah, and, and let's be clear. This was not a nice gas station. No. And anyway, like bulletproof glass separating yourself and the clerk. That kind of gas station. I, I guess, I don't know. His, his order might have, mine might have been worse because I got the atomic bomb burrito. <laughs> Uh, this might a be slim, a short show, a ladies and gentlemen. Gym, a slim gym and a gas station ham sandwich. That is my dinner. That is what I have today. It might be a short show, ladies and gentlemen. If you hear a bomb go off and uh, you start that is not fire alarms. Triple A. Huckleberry, you want to tell them the joke of the night? Which one? Which one do we have? Oh, at the roast there. Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't remember the exact wording on it, but pretty much as as Drago had mentioned. Kind of the go-to for everyone was to point out the obvious with, with Pat Patterson and and go the low road. I guess no pun intended there either, but go low road <laughs> on, on Patterson and bring up his sexuality. Uh, but it was a gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he actually was the season one winner of Roast Battle. Uh, so a lot of people out there might be familiar with him. And he, he was probably the highlight of the night at the roast. Uh, but he had pretty much has dubbed that Pat Patterson's Dick should be renamed Roman Reigns because it is being stuffed down so many throats. <laughs> yeah. That was that was probably the pop of the night. Yeah. That or, was or, you know, it was the same gentleman though who ever actually looked over at at Xbox and said, "You can just call me Turnbuckle because I'm not ready to bust your asshole." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Xbox, his uh, his roast was uh, rather entertaining, not because it was necessarily so funny, but because his jokes were so bad that after every joke, he would do the suck it. Yep. And of course, a room full of marks, every one of them obliged. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Four Star Summit. Uh, Wade Keller, Bruce Mitchell, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Huckleberry, I know you had to take off there because you went and did some work on the computer. Uh, anything stand out to you from the Four Star Summit other than Dave Meltzer talks a lot? <laughs> yes, he does. Bruce Mitchell looked irritated because somebody would ask a question and Dave Meltzer would talk for 20 minutes. What? Well, I really think there, uh, 
you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to even go check that out was to see what kind of reaction they would get from the fans, especially these smirky fans who are, are more so, you would think, tend to maybe side with some of the talents that take issue with these gentlemen. Uh, that wasn't the case. This was very pro. It was supporters of what these gentlemen do. And I think, you know, they came off very different than you than you might hear on their shows. They, they knew yeah. how to play it safe. They were putting everything over. Uh, they didn't push any, any buttons or, you know, try to get too risque there. Not really an incredible lot taken from it. If you've heard any of their shows and their takes before like that, it was just... I, of course, am a PW Torch VIP member, so I was very interested to see this because I'm a big fan of Bruce Mitchell. I'm a big fan of Wade Keller, and I was curious how they would interact with Meltzer and Alvarez, and it was basically just the Observer people just walking all over them. Uh, And knowing tones with Wade and Bruce, Bruce was getting pissed. And, and it, it was getting rather visible to me that Bruce was getting pissed because every time somebody would ask a question, like he would start answering the question and then Meltzer would just interrupt him and talk for like 20 freaking minutes. I would say one thing there with Meltzer, uh, dude needs to stop tucking t-shirts <laughs> into his underwear. Uh, and then probably what I really remember from, from all four of those guys, and it is the forever lost interview. Uh, we had to yes. not not to bust on Jarger here. Accidents happen. It, it was just something that happened. But if you could have seen, you know, Jarger's over there. He's trying to get the scoop. He's asking all the great questions, and Keller is just munching away on this banana. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, running theme, I guess, through Starcast is your bananas. We've we've got Raven with his two at the gas station. We've got Keller, and of course. Uh, everything around Pat Patterson. Yeah, I had a great opportunity. I, I talked with Bruce Mitchell and Wade Keller of the PW Torch for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And uh, I got back over to the table and I was uploading stuff to the cloud and clearing stuff off of my phone because I can only store so much stuff in my phone. And then I went to listen to it later and I saved the mic check and deleted the interview. So nobody will ever be hearing that interview, but at least I have photoscopic evidence of me talking to Bruce Mitchell and Wade Keller eating a banana. That's, that, that was pretty much how StarCast Day 2 went. Uh, StarCast Day 1 was awesome. We had a great interview with Diamond Dallas Page. We'll be dropping that for you here sometime in the immediate future. Uh, Craven was really cool. Uh, I gotta say though, the most over people, Day 1 of StarCast, Number one, it was us because we had Fire Pro Wrestling brought to you by Stevie Richards Fitness. And we had Daryl and Daryl Jr. with us. And (laughs) man, Daryl and Daryl Jr. are so freaking over. It's ridiculous. Everybody wanted to touch our Daryl. They wanted pictures with our Daryl. (laughs) People asking us to take pictures of them with our freaking stuffed cats. Never mind business cards or what the hell we're doing there. They've got Daryl's. <laughs> People wanted to get on the Daryl train. Of course, uh, we were using our, our Daryl's as our guest book <laughs> at our table. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page must have known that he was going to be the only guest that we were going to get on Podcast Row because he signed all of Daryl's stomach. <laughs> That's rather entertaining. I'll have that forever. Well, I guess, guys, let's let's talk a little bit about All In. I want to make this kind of a preview show for, for show 100. I know we wanted to do this big, huge, bang-out special, but 
dude, it's like 12.30 in the morning and we just want to pump a show out. We got to be back at StarCast in like eight hours. Oh my God. So let's talk about All In. Let's start off with Zero Hour. This is going to be airing at 5 p.m. Central. That's right, because Huckleberry's in the Central Time Zone. So we're going off Central Time today. 5 p.m. Central Time. That's 6 o'clock for those of you on the East Coast. Yeah, I also want to throw that. You know, for you guys... You're on your regular times. So you guys think you're tired? You know, it's just about one. It's two in the morning for me. <laughs> this has been throwing this, this has been throwing me off the entire that. trip. <laughs> 5 p.m. WGN America, our boy Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, the meanest bass player in Chicago. Frankie is a really good bass player. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Unfortunately, I have a feeling these two guys are going to get the ever-loving piss kicked out of them because they are going to be facing the Briscoes. We have not seen the Briscoes. I hope we do not see the Briscoes. If I see Jay Briscoe walking towards me, I will shove my own microphone up my ass and just turn around <laughs> and walk the other way. Yeah, I'm going I'm to get a little bit different here yeah I, I think you know just to, to keep the mystique with those guys they need to stay away for this timing but really how cool would it be especially uh down that main hallway where we, we've got some merchandise by some of the big stars there working in hallway if you had a little bit of a showdown the briscoes are you know they're kind of just strutting through scaring the hell out of people and they just happen to run into the ogs Ooh. Ooh, now that would be pretty intriguing that, that, would, that, be would, that would turn some heads get some attention uh get people excited at starcast but the match itself, I think you're right. I think the Briscoes, uh, I think they might come in and make some quick work of this thing. Briscoes over strong? Uh, I don't know, honestly. SCU has been really over this weekend. That place is going to be popping like crazy for SCU. Every time they walk through StarCast, all you hear is, SCU! <laughs> I don't, you know, the way this is lining up, I don't know if this is going to be a good show for SCU. I, I the. Well, and that's the other thing is Christopher Daniels is going to take on Stephen Amell. I'm quite sure Stephen Amell is going to win that match. As much as Huckleberry pitched a great pitch for Christopher Daniels to win this match, I'm still going with the Green Arrow. I don't, you know, I'm still going to go with that thing. I think it would be a great story going forward for Christopher Daniels to start rubbing it possibly in the new NWA world champion's face that, hey, I just wasted the guy that beat you up at SummerSlam. <laughs> I want that NWA championship. Throw his name into that mix. You start creating more of a buzz for uh, that great NWA show that's going to be happening uh, like late October from down in Nashville. Yep. NWA 70. There you go. Uh, at all the buzz they can get down there, they're going to need. I think they're going to try to make that a really big show. That's kind of the impression that I'm getting. We also have on the Zero Hour show the 15-man over-budget Battle Royal. Of course, we have to go back to the Papa Buck Jam session. Because during the Papa Buck Jam session, they played a special song that was written just for Cody. And the name of the song was Book Flip. <laughs> and this was like a 10-freaking-minute song. And as you can imagine... 90% of the lyrics to the song were book flip book flip he's a good guy he's a really good guy book flip why does this keep falling I don't know sorry <laughs> oh my god yes <laughs> uh, do we have 
paper towels. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, behind yeah. that bag. The wonders of live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was a microphone falling over, and uh, and now there's rock star everywhere, except in my belly where it needs to be because it's late. No, it's just you know that's what happens when you start bringing rookies onto the show. They they knock over microphones, and this is why Huckleberry normally has his attached to his head. Okay, so the 15-man over-the-budget Battle Royal. Uh, we, we, we don't have a list of all the names that have been announced. We know Flip Gordon is not going to be in it, according to Cody, as great as Papa Buck's song was. Well, I guess a little more telling, too, you know, Cody, during this little segment, the story that we're going to tell, did come out and say that there was only one spot remaining. One spot remains. It's got to be Neville, right? That was when he actually said, when he was actually leading us, he said, one spot remains and everyone's kind of behind. Book flip, book flip. You feel the energy in the room. And Cody might have that moment and he's putting over. He said, I, I know I should go talk to the Bucks about this. I know how they feel about flip. I know how the family feels about flip. I'm going to go ahead and make the executive decision. Does everybody want flip? And the place explodes. They want flip in this match. And maybe the evil blonde-haired Cody <laughs> says, "Ah, too bad. He's still not getting yep. booked." Nope. Nope. Sorry. Sorry. Nope. Not happening. So it's not going to be Flip. I, I absolutely do not think Flip is going to be the last guy in the Battle Royal. I had thought that they had actually put him in something, or he was going to guest referee something. He was supposed to be the guest referee for the six-man main event, and Cody said no. 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 Hmm. No. Okay, then. That's where I got that from, then. You know what would have been kind of entertaining with him since he is hosting the tailgate party? He hasn't shown up all week. If he, was, if he would have been there at least today or both days, just sitting outside in the parking lot in his car, like just like in a lawn chair with just a sign. Yeah, like, flip. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, like, like, uh, like one of those uh, picket lines or something like that. He's outside. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's shift to the main card. Uh, we know this thing is going to start off with one hell of a curtain jerker. And it's going to be the Joey killer. It's going to be Hangman Page taking on Joey Janela in a Chicago street fight. Now, earlier tonight at the press conference, there were several people asking Hangman Page about Joey Ryan. And it seems as though Hangman had a little bit of a meltdown. Hangman has actually come out and admitted that he murdered famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. And he says that tonight at All In, he is going to murder Joey Janela. Joey Janela also shows up at the press conference. He comes in smoking a cigarette in a non-smoking building, drinking a beer, and told everybody to go fuck themselves. He's going to beat Hangman Page tomorrow. <laughs> Very Joey Janela of him. I know you haven't seen much of Joey Janela's work, but you love Hangman Page. I think our boy Hangman might be in for one hell of a battle tomorrow. Huckleberry, I know you've seen some of Joey Janela's work. The question is, is there any way Hangman loses this? Hangman has to win, right? Well, I would say 
I think we're going to have a very entertaining match between these two. It's going to be physical. You, you throw in that street fight dynamic. Uh, but Janela might have some unworldly... Help? Yes, spirits yes. on his side. Yes, the ghost of Joey Ryan has been advertised, and we have not seen him as of yet. But I think we might. Well, you know, Hangman in a Chicago street fight, I don't want to put over uh, one of the delicious items I had this week, was a Hangman hot dog Chicago style. How was that? It was actually pretty damn good. Was it? It was very good. What did you eat earlier today? Um... I know I had the finger poke of doom chicken or chicken fingers. The chicken finger pokes of doom. I had the uh, um, was it the young buck tots? No, the young bucks is the pizza. Oh well, then who had the tots? Elite tots, weren't they? Yeah, they were elite tots. Elite tots, smothered in gravy. Yeah, and then I had the oh, what was that? That pulled pork sandwich. There is some weird food in Chicago, man. I'm like, can't I just get a burger? Like, really? I just want, like, a burger, maybe with cheese on it. I think that's you, because you just got that plain appetite. I do. I'm a very... I, I have... Carly tells me all the time, I have the taste buds of a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, Christopher Daniel, Stephen Amell. Uh, evidently, Christopher Daniel showed up wearing a Hawkeye t-shirt uh, to the press conference tonight, <laughs> which is absolutely hilarious. For, for those of you who are not comic book nerds like ourselves, Hawkeye, of course basically being the arrow of the Marvel Universe. Christopher Daniels is just knocking it out of the park right now. This is probably the best Christopher Daniels we have seen since early to mid-2000s TNA Christopher Daniels. I love what SCU is doing right now, and I love that he's actually getting a bit of a singles push here. Well, it's really cool with just the three of them just walking about you know, through StarCast. It's the swagger they have about them. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're getting the support, but I, I, you know they kind of demand it. You know when they're there, all eyes on them. They seem confident, uh, no matter what they're doing. Hey, I'm going to still stick with it, man. I think this is Daniel's match to win. What do you think? I know you're a huge Arrow fan. I've got to go, Stephen Amell. Going Stephen Amell. Mm-hmm. I'm going Stephen Amell, but I really like your idea. My other question, and this has not come up in a while, and I did send an email off to our friend Joe Koff. I'm going to try to get a word with Joe Koff at some point over the course of this weekend. And I have a question for Joe Koff. My question is, is SoCal Uncensored still getting fired in December? Do you remember that storyline? That was the, the whole point of this was we're going to make SCU's lives a living hell throughout 2018 and they are going to be fired in December. When it fires, they're just going to be let go. No no renewals. Yeah, we're just not going to renew your contract. That's the storyline. Or at least it was the storyline. And then all of a sudden, SCU got super over and kind of turned babyface. Are we just trying to forget this story? Well, we were, Carly already wants to book it like WWE and let this outsider come in and win the big match <laughs> and go over this great talent that you Special have. Special attraction. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, so let's just WWE this thing and pretend it never happened. <laughs> Fantastic. That is funny. I love it. Um, the Battle Royal. Who do we think is going to win the Battle Royal? Because Jay Lethal is going to face the winner. 
Now, originally, before this whole Neville thing came up, my pick was Colt Cabana. Because number one, Colt Cabana is actually in Ring of Honor, so maybe the title actually could change hands. Number two, it's going to get a ridiculous pop in Chicago if Colt Cabana wins this thing. But now the whole Neville thing is kind of out there. And now Brian Cage is in this thing. Punishment Martinez has now been announced for this thing. Ooh. Carly, who you got? I'll let you, I'll let you jump on this one first. Oh, I don't know. All those actually sound like a good possibility. I didn't know that he was added to it, Punishment. That was just recently. It was just over the course of the last couple of days I saw that he had been announced for it. Billy Gunn's in it. We saw Billy yeah. Gunn when he was checking into the hotel. He was incredibly irritated. I, I will <laughs> I will say, you know, walking where where Mr. Gunn was uh, positioned kind of on that, uh, I don't what would you call it? It's like Celebrity Row there. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what you would uh, call him it. Him and James Storm were around each other at, at that location and a couple of times like walking around StarCast. I don't know why the hell these two are not a tag team somewhere. What would you I, call them? Ass money. <laughs> hey, I think you you play into kind of that good old boy gimmick with them. I'm gonna go the other route. You want ass and money? Uh, I'm gonna go with the, with the guns and beer. Oh. Give me some good old like a neck. guns and roses. Yeah, but it's guns, guns and, and beer, beer, something like that. Oh my god. Guns and brews. Hmm. But I mean, they look great together. Yeah, I mean, they do look great together. And Cowboy looks incredible. He was just doing that Dojo Pro thing for uh, Amazon Prime, which the the winner of that got a title shot uh, at Jay Lethal, which happened over in the UK. How is James Storm not under WWE contract? Can somebody explain that to me? Unless he's going to the same dietitian as the badass Billy Gunn. Uh, maybe that's why they look so phenomenal, especially together, but... You know, he's saying that, you know, maybe he's not really interested right now. Just knowing that they don't have anything for him. He's probably in a position where, yeah, it's nice to have that WWE money, but he might feel comfortable where he's not going to have to be on the road. He's not going to have to go work NXT or go to the other brands. He can kind of do these things on his own, pick up spot shows. And if he's comfortable, I would, I would be more curious, you know, maybe why. Maybe they're not reaching out to him. Maybe they don't think there's a spot for him. But you would think with this new regime at Impact, maybe he would want to try to get back there. I, I know, you know, when he parted, they gave him a bunch of money, but that was an old regime. But it was still Anthem, though, correct? So yes. maybe they don't want to be tied back down there. Uh, he's probably a little out of their offering range. Um, I don't, you know, you, you've got all this, other, you know, with Ring of Honor, these other, all these other New Japan coming over touring. You think someone with his name value would be of interest to them? But you know, again, it could be. Hey, man, he's enjoying doing these shows like this. He's got his free time. He's got his schedule. Who needs it? Bobby Roode. <clears throat> Bobby Roode needs the cowboy real bad because Bobby Roode is dead in the water. So I'm going back to the actual Battle Royal, though. It would be interesting. The two. That, How about if Cowboy wins it? What if Cowboy's in the Battle Royal? That would be something interesting. I wouldn't see him going over, but I think that would be a great pop. And I think the, I think the crowd so. would really be into that. I like that you threw out Colt Cabana, how it'd be huge here in the area, you know, local guy. Uh, I would love to hear like a post Battle Royal promo that he needs this. He needs to become the Ring of Honor champion so that he can pay off legal fees. <laughs> take, take this cheap shot. 
He, he needs that championship money. Colt turns heel to pay off some moves. I, no, I think that would get a huge pop because you you heard oh, all yeah. the jokes aimed at CM Punk towards the Rose of Bruce Pritchard, and the crowd was eating it up. Yeah, uh, this was definitely not a pro CM Punk crowd that was at the roast of Bruce Pritchard. No. I, all the pro CM Punk people were at pro wrestling tees. They're probably still lined up waiting to talk to Punk. It, a half mile long a line. Half mile week. long line to meet CM Punk. But if you had if you had Colt win that. And he goes on to face Lethal. I think it changes completely changes the dynamic of the potential great match we could have. Not saying it won't be a great match, but a, a great technical match. I think we get more of a comedy style, and I don't think we get Lethal. I think we get Black Machismo. Of course, we saw Lonnie Poffo uh, paid a visit to Jay Lethal at his home. Jay Lethal was a little weirded out by that because Lonnie Poffo just showed up at the door with T-shirts that say, Brother from another mother. And they went into the full Black Machismo gimmick. And man, I talking with Jay Lethal in the hallway there. My God, he is so intense when you're talking to him, man. He's just got one of those voices. Like, one, and I know on the other side too, you got Strangler who thinks that you don't really need it. You know, if you have Neville show up, use it as a selling point for the next event. You know, as the teaser. I still think you use it as a selling point on WGN that he is going to be taking on Lethal on the show. Sells a lot of pay-per-views, and, man. And, leave your, and don't do it as the show's going off the air. Do this thing early so you've got 45 minutes to, to tell people, here's where you find this thing. Here's how you get to fight. Here's how you get to Honor Club. If you can't get a hold of those, then wait till the show's over and go to New Japan World. There's so many outlets, so many platforms that you can watch a show on that they need to use this as a huge selling point, just that final stretch. Let's take a look at your two uh, co-main events. One man that we have not seen any sign of and that makes me very 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 happy is pentagon jr i don't want to see pentagon oh walking gosh. around Starfest anytime soon because how do you know you haven't seen him well that's that's very true <laughs> but i mean like in full gimmick like <laughs> the, the, like, like we were talking earlier there's some people that i just don't want to see here even seeing like tama tonga just like hanging out having dinner you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for him to be like, you know, take back this hoe-ass food. You know, hashtag hoe-ass food. You know, and, and just be a dick. But he actually seemed He's like a super pretty nice, nice guy. Yeah. You know, like literally running around the hotel trying to make it to his meet and greet on time. I don't want to see Pentagon Jr. doing that. One guy we have seen a little bit of is Kenny Omega, although I haven't laid eyes on him. Um... I don't know how this thing is going to go down. I have no idea how this thing is going to go down, but I have a feeling that we may see Tama Tonga during this match because if, if the OGs are in Chicago, which we have seen visual confirmation of G.O.D., I can't believe that they are just going to let Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman and Marty just have their little party. Especially when we saw Haku as well. Oh, yes, as yes, we were leaving. The, the big surprise. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a big pop. All of us, you know, the three of us were there. We were with Will and Adam, and we all kind of were like, holy. You know, it was kind of those, that holy shit, OMG <laughs> moment. Right. He just walked through the door. Speaking of guys that should be a tag team, he's coming. He came in with with Glacier. <laughs> uh, who, what's he going by now? POC? Uh, so it's POC, I think. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Uh, and this guy is a freak. He, he, he did a stage show that was <laughs> the like... The strongman stage show. 
What were like? Was it Power TV? You said it. They were like by the power of Jesus, and they would like just shatter <laughs> through ice blocks or whatever oh the hell it was. I mean, that's what he was doing up there. Like we heard this huge ECW chant. We're like, what the hell is he doing over there? He was like taking pictures and like stapling them to his chest and shit like this. And then he had somebody throwing darts at the picture. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah it, it. You heard like all these loud like things just being like someone was like knocking down like remodeling half the of the hotel lobby. It was him over there with sledgehammer breaking shit. Uh, those guys look scary as hell. We know there was a couple, uh, there's some people having a good time, having a couple of spirits there tonight. The stories we've heard from Haku, and if you, you line him up here with a Glacier here, anyone that's gonna pick a fight with these guys is pretty much just writing their, their own death warrant. Right. I wouldn't fuck with them. Heck no. Hell no. Yeah. And Haku, man, he looked good. Oh, I look, mm-hmm. look fantastic. Haku looked good. So going back to the match, do you kind of think, I know you pitched this last week, and it does make a lot of sense. I just don't know if they'll close with two tag matches. Well, could this turn into a tag match? Will OGs come out and you see I, Pentagon and Omega end up teaming up? That would be really, really cool. But then I go back to the four-star summit, and I think about what Alvarez was talking about. And he's like, tomorrow they're giving you Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr. You know what's not going to happen? It's not going to be a disqualification. They're actually going to give you this match. I just wonder how much of it, because if you give me 10 minutes of Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr., and then you give me another 15, 20 minutes of Kenny Omega and Pentagon Jr. Jr. versus Tamatanga and Tonga Loa, hell yeah, man. I'm not disappointed at all. No, I wouldn't be. Well, I think, too, like you give them that extended time. You let them go 10 minutes. That gives you the perfect death kind of protect them in a loss to the OGs. Yep. Because they, they just they just destroyed each other straight for ten minutes. They got a quick breather, and now they're up against two of the baddest guys on the planet right now. That, that's a safe, you know. It's it's protective booking for them. And it also advances the story because you're going to have God taking on the Young Bucks in uh, Long Beach for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships very very soon. Carly, I got to talk to you about this match because uh, this match is is going to tear our family apart because (laughs) Marty is fucked (laughs) Marty is fucked the Rainmaker is going to put that little numpty in his place tomorrow Uh, today we saw a picture of Marty Skrull hanging out with big sexy Kevin Nash (laughs) and to put this picture into perspective Marty basically comes up to Big Sexy's shoulder. That's that's pretty much how big Marty is. I cannot believe how small the villain Marty Skrull is. I am a huge Marty Skrull fan, but my God, I'm bigger than Marty Skrull, and I yes. am in no way, shape, or form a big guy. Yeah, he was closer to like my height than he is to yours. Marty's fucked, Huckleberry. I'm going to go against you here. You keep saying Marty's fucked. Fuck Okada. Oh, oh! I listen put, here, you dirty ass guy. I put this out. I put this out the other day in a Hami Media discussion group. You know what? I'm going to go into this. You know, everything else. You know, as I usually do, approach it like I'm preparing for the show. I want to come up with a good take here. I'm going to throw that all out the window during this match. I'm just going to be a Marty Mark. I'm going to sit back and enjoy it and watch him shock the world and make it and and fully make that that declaration that he is joining the heavyweights. Marty's fucked. <laughs> hey, I'll give it to hey, give it to Marty though too, man. He has been one of the hardest working guys 
Jumani's been busting his. He has. Yes. He has been running from one side of this convention hall to the other. To put this into context, Marty's meet and greet line was so long that they had to stop it so he could go do the Marty Skrull Elite Karaoke and then, and then come back. back and go through the whole freaking line again, which was also obnoxiously long. Oh, yeah. Just ridiculous lines to meet the villain Marty Skrull. Of course, Carly was in line, but they wouldn't let her in because she's probably too big of a mark. I'm sure that's why. <laughs> Carly, Marty's fucked. What do you think? It's all right, Carly. You can join me. Just say it. I, I want him to win. I really do. Say it. I do. Fuck Okada. <laughs> you know, I can't do that either because I do like Okada as well. Uh, I'm honestly kind of torn at this one. I, I would have had the same attitude as you, Rick, had I not seen him up close and seen how small he is. And I still love him. I absolutely love Marty. But he is a little dude. Okay, well, now let's let's make that the conversation because everybody out there listening knows Marty's fucked. So, so let's, let's look at the real conversation here. Come January, let's say that everybody does go. What now do you see as the ceiling for Marty Skrull? Now that you have seen him up close and personal... Do you really think like he's big dog food and he's not even a full meal? <laughs> How old is Marty? Marty's like late 20s, early 30s. So, yeah. So right now he still has that value. If I, was, you know, I, I don't really see a lot. I just like I know he has the potential. Like he has the character to work out to go do something like that. I just don't think he would be given the opportunity that's my fear as like well. Right. Well, you know, on the other side, maybe the best bet is, hey, go there, get a nice contract, and never try to get out of NXT. Make that your baby. Never really shoot for the red or blue. I mean, that money would be great, and he could he could still you know go there for three, five years and come back and still be just as hot on the indies. Uh, of course, you go there and risk a major injury and lose all that, but hey, maybe he's one of those that, that NXT 205, that, that's, his, that's his cup of tea. I, I would build 205 Live around Marty Skrull in a freaking heartbeat. Would you be heartbroken if the Cruiserweight Championship in the pre-show of WrestleMania is the ceiling for the villain? Yeah, probably. What? I mean, look how many people just, at any level, any time, dream just to get to WrestleMania. Yeah. And, you know, WrestleMania is a rather smarky crowd that comes from all over the world. If you're WWE and you want to get people filing into that building as fast as you can, you put Marty Scroll on at the, you know, the top, that, that top of the go home for the pre-show, they're going to make sure their asses are in there for this thing. Right. The other thing that's great about Marty is, much like Adam Cole, he wrestles much bigger than he really is. Yeah, he Just does. the style. He's not doing the flippy floppy shit. He's out there and much like Zack Sabre Jr., he's using your leverage against you and size isn't really a thing if he can get a hold of you and throw you into a damn chicken wing. You know, a little side note, you're talking about wrestles bigger, just popped in my head. And we were talking about it as we were walking through the arena or through the, the convention. Karma was there. Or Awesome Kong. And you know how that they 
you know how they set her up, how they how they shoot her, and how she is presented. You think it's going to be this Godzilla like creature? Not she at all. Wasn't. Not at all. She's just a, a regular lady. Yep. And and we see they do that with Lars Sullivan. Right. When we saw Lars at Takeover Chicago, it was just like. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's bigger than that dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was probably because she was. Sitting I mean, there, you're not as wide. But yeah, I was gonna say. Come on. I mean, Lars is freaking huge going sideways but he's almost as big sideways as he is tall yeah yeah but yeah she was sitting there against you know standing with some recent knockout champions uh, a few of them there and they were bigger than her they yeah. you know they, had, they still had that well they had the muscle but they were taller it's all about the way you kind of shoot and present that i mean i just remember her as like like an andre the giant type character compared to some of the other you know when she was in there against gal kim and them but seeing her just the run of the mill every day, you know, talking to fans. She seemed like a very sweet person. She was very engaging, but it was just like, that's her. Right. Yeah. Um, is there anybody else that you've seen that you're just like, oh, wow, that's them? Like, I know when we first saw Billy Gunn, you were like, holy shit, he's huge. Right. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer is much larger in person than I actually thought that he would be. Wade Keller was way thinner. Um, oh, Meltzer just—he just looks so much like a. Joel Gertner's like a lost a ton Melvin. of weight. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, I thought looked freaking great. We saw him down in the vendor room. Uh, Gail Kim. Did you get a chance to see Gail Kim? Uh, yeah, I saw. I saw her coming in. I've seen her a couple times, but I, I saw her the first day when she was coming in there. Uh, I guess I'll give a shout out here, our boy Bello. Uh, just let you know, man, the smoke show. Yeah, I've seen the smoke show a couple of times. Woo. She, uh, it was when when she pulled up to the front and they they brought her out of the car and she was making her way in. I mean, there was jaws hitting the floor. Everyone stopped <laughs> what they were doing and turning. Uh, and then when you realize who the hell it is, I mean, it was uh, Noel Foley, who was an absolute freaking sweetheart. We we yeah. ran into her two or three times, and she stopped and talked with us every time we ran yeah. into her. Um, we, we do have some audio with her that'll be coming up on a future episode. Um, Velvet Sky looks freaking great. I would still take her over your smoke show. Uh, Angelina Love doesn't look so great, at least in my mind. Oh, she looks so bad. It's just that it's not that she looks bad. It's just she looks very different than she comes across on television to me. Uh, no, I just think it's because it's been so long since we've seen her on television. And she's probably not working out the same where she's trying to build that muscle very mass. True. She's just working on being being more slender. So instead of having like that definition there, she's just thinned out. Very true. Very true. I'm trying to think of who else that we have seen. I, I'll tell you, I know we've had him on the show before. Uh, we've got to speak with him. But there's something about you know seeing him in person. You were talking about him being in an over the budget battle royal, but it was, it's that's punishment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that guy is just an imposing figure. It actually, I guess, even on television, it doesn't do him justice because he looks so slender on television. But it, man, he's he, a big dude. Uh, there, there is not an ounce of fat on that guy. He is chiseled. That guy has stardom in his future. I was gonna. What do you stage. see as the future for punishment now? You know, he's, he has improved so much just in the course of the last year of us doing this show. Still relatively new to, you know, to, I guess, to the level he's he's at right now. But you got to think they're, they're eyeing him right now. I mean, this is a... Yeah, and with his athleticism, too, especially, like, inside of NXT, punishment could be an absolute freaking monster. Yeah, to make a comparison, 
they're putting all this time and attention and effort towards someone like Baron Corbin. And I think you could get a hundred times more out of someone like Punishment than you ever could with Baron Corbin. And they're actually having some success with him right now. As we're sitting here talking, I'm really starting to feel bad for Marty. Are you really? Yeah, because the Rainmaker is going to fuck him up tomorrow. <laughs> he is just going to fuck him up. Drop kick. You know what? Okada and that drop kick, he may have to lower it for Marty. He might just like drop kick right over Marty's freaking head. Maybe that's how Marty wins the match. Okada can't land the goddamn drop kick because every time he does, it goes over the top of Marty's girl. <laughs> that's how I'd book the match. I, I, don't, I don't think Okada's going to be ready for the villainous tactics of Marty's girl. I don't think Okada gives a shit right now. I think right now Okada is far more worried if they will let him bring balloons into the Sears Center than he is <laughs> if he wins or loses. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about your main event of the night. Uh, it's going to be the Mexicans versus the Golden Elite, as it's going to be Rey Mysterio Jr., the legend himself, Rey Phoenix, the new mega champion in AAA in Bandito. If you haven't seen Bandito yet, get on right now. Go to YouTube and look this freaking dude up because he's absolutely ridiculous doing stuff in PWG. And they are going to be taking on, representing the Golden Elite, the Young Bucks... And a very very sad Kota Ibushi. Uh, we 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 have oh, had we have heard some horrendous stories. Ibushi has had a very 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 rough trip to Starcast. Carly, you, you were telling me about this yesterday. Ibushi got left at the airport. Yeah, lost his luggage. Um, I think lost his wallet. Um, <laughs> didn't know where anybody was at. Was tweeting out that he needed help. Yeah, it was bad. I felt bad for him. So basically, Ibushi has his wrestling gear and his passport and about 20 bucks. And he's stuck in Chicago. And nobody went to go get Kota Ibushi. <sighs> I got a feeling that Ibushi hates Chicago. <laughs> even even more, Ibushi probably hates Chicago now even more than us conservatives. I would love to see Ibushi on the next episode of Being the Elite show up in a SoCal Uncensored t-shirt <laughs> and worst. simply say that this is the worst town he's ever been in. What if this is all work and it's just that he can't show up for the match? Oh, my God. Uh, the Good news. Uh, we have seen Nick Jackson. He's been out walking around. Looks like he's feeling pretty well. It's, hopefully, whatever virus he had has subsided. Uh, we have not seen Kota Ibushi anywhere, but I don't think that's any big surprise. I didn't really expect to see him just walking the floor at StarCast. Matt has. Uh, yeah, we've seen Matt several times. Um, we also need to definitely give props to Mrs. Matt. She has been absolutely amazing and has completely been a trooper through all of StarCast. We've seen her completely busting her butt. She's been taking She's care of all their merch. She's been fantastic. Probably one of my favorite people that I've met so far, actually. She was a sweetheart. She's an absolute machine. And we also got her to sign the book for our daughter. So, yeah, definitely had a, had a good moment with that. Huckleberry, who do you think is going to win this match? It's got to be the Golden Elite, right? Let's say, you know, everything, everything in me says, I mean, you want to have that feel-good moment at the end. 
you and I were talking about is we were kind of taking in all that was StarCast. I think we were talking about during the uh, the jam session. You know, we had everyone chanting that room, chanting, and everything we've seen here about how just incredible of a moment will be when 10,000 plus are in the Sears Center and we're all chanting all in. Uh, I mean, that's going to be something that's going to rival the yeses from WrestleMania 30. Uh, to have that moment, you know, just what this embodies, this show, you know, all of us come together, just not independent wrestling, just all fans that just want something different. And that's probably one of the cool things that during the Four Star Summit that they had put out there, you know, the difference between WWE and what we're getting here is WWE is kind of, you, you take one part out, you can put in another, you're going to get the same, you know, rinse and repeat every match. There might be a little difference in personalities, but essentially it's the same thing. In this, this atmosphere, there is something for everyone. Going down this card, there, I might personally probably not, I'm not going to like this six-man main event. I'll pop a little bit, it's got some big names. I'm going to be more into the NWA Championship match because it's going to be an old-school classic uh, storytelling characters, slow-paced match. I'm going to be looking forward to that one. Yeah, that for some reason when I copied and pasted, that match was not listed. I was just going to ask you here. Yeah, we got to talk. And, I know we were kind of we kind of peppered it in a couple places. Right, and, and also the women's four way is not listed here. We've got so that we've one got too. to talk about that one as well. Um, I I think the Bucks and Abushi got to win this. I, match. I think I think they do. The only thing I would hold that would hold me back there, we've seen so much praise. All around from everybody for Rey Mysterio. Yes, uh, I don't. I they're probably having serious talks about let's give him this moment for everything that he's done. Uh, how he, you know, he kind of gets left off when we think about people that have transcended and moved this industry, moved this business. I thought that was about. a great point that Meltzer made that Rey Mysterio doesn't get nearly the credit. Well, you know, even going back, you know, the first person that we sat down with and talked to, DDP. Yeah. Uh, telling us a great story about how he felt that you know he was robbed for rookie of the year. Uh, the one was again, you know, Eric Watts, I believe, was actually won the thing. Uh, DDP was pissed off, and then he saw Rey Mysterio's work, and he was like, "Well, I wouldn't have deserved it anyway. It should have been Rey Mysterio." And we've heard it, you know, multiple times, and Meltzer put him over there. I could see them doing it because it's something different. Uh, but ultimately, I think you kind of you have to have that good feel-good moment at the end. The Bucks out there, the Elite out there, the Bull right. Club, and everyone. Yeah, I'm and, sure. Know, in the party there. Yeah, I'm sure. Everybody's getting put over in this match. Bandito is the one that I think is really going to impress people just because people haven't seen that much of his work. Most of his work inside of the States has been at PWG. I think with this crowd, they could go out and wrestle 20 minutes and then just stand up and be like, all right, we're just calling the match. And yep. everyone would still cheer because this thing's going to be about the spots. It's going to be about you know hitting all those high spots, the, the pops. Yeah. You know, just the car wreck that's going to be of this thing and it will it's not really about who is going to win it's it's not important in this one what do you think carly bucks and abushi yeah um okay let me ask you a different question i'm quite sure kota ibushi is going to jump out of a balcony will it be a first story balcony or a second story balcony <laughs> oh man he's crazy who knows <laughs> And, and with the weekend he's had so far, he might just do the, the second one just to get it out of his system. I don't know. With the weekend he's had, he might not even care if there's anyone under him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Somebody taking the Zack Sabre <laughs> yeah. Jr. approach. That poor Try guy. to jump on me out of a balcony. I'll just move. 
was the best promo ever. Let's talk about the women's four-way that's not on my run sheet. Uh, so who all do we got in this thing? We've got Britt Baker. We've got Chelsea Green. We've got Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Haven't seen Tessa this weekend yet. No, no I haven't either. Uh, I think she actually had some, um, some other bookings that she was taking care of and then would be arriving probably either she might be an hour or tomorrow but I think I heard that was one of the rumblings going on and then I think our for our fourth competitor who I haven't seen either would be Madison Madison, Madison Rain. Rain of course um, I, I still I really like your idea of Britt Baker winning this thing I really like that and besides the young bucks owe her they I, killed her boyfriend for God's sake. I, I'm just gonna. I'm still gonna ride with that one. I think this is would be a great moment, a great time to really give her that rub. Make make Brit. The other ladies don't need it, and they'll have a chance to shine in this thing. And you know, especially with Tessa just getting the knockouts championship, and, and with Green and Rain, everyone knows them. Yes, they're established. Yep. They don't need anything here. Let's make Brit. Give her that moment here. I think, and you know, it's gonna be going earlier in the show. A lot of people might think. And this is no knock because it's women's wrestling, but just how the the front of this card is lined up. I mean, we're opening this thing with a street fight. Right. Where this falls, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, this, this might be like the break match. Do something, you know, surprising here. Have a good moment where people want to be there, can stay in their seat to pop right. for this thing. If you use this as a piss break match, you're going to miss something cool. I absolutely expect you're going to miss something I'm very I'm actually cool. still hoping that they announce that there's going to be an intermission because I don't know where the piss break's going to fall on this card. Right. Yeah. I don't want to leave and there's miss not, anything. I, as I'm looking at this card, there's just there's not a piss break anywhere on this card. Let's talk about your, as far as Rick and I are concerned, what is our main event? Because I agree with you. I think this is the most important match on the show. And I feel like the stakes have even been raised a little bit more as earlier tonight we got the announcement that former WWF, WWE, Impact Wrestling, TNA, wherever the hell he wants to referee a match, he is the senior official and his name is Earl Hebner, the most respected referee possibly in the history of the business, is going to be officiating Nick Aldis versus Cody, don't call him Rhodes for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Now, we, we heard there was a, a bit of a commotion at the weigh-in. Rick, would you, would you uh, like to explain to us exactly what happened at the weigh-in tonight when it comes to Nick Aldis and um, almost 205 Live Cody Rhodes? Well, say that's, what, that's what really jumped out to me. You know, Cody comes out first. That They run a, a beautiful package, you know, highlighting with his dad. Uh, kind of the tie-in with StarCast all in, you know, him chasing the opportunity to be the first ever second-generation NWA heavyweight, heavyweight champion. Uh, he comes out, he's looking good. He's slim, he's cut. Surprisingly, I, mean, I almost, like, I paused for a minute. Had a double take on it. He's in at 206 right now. He's just above the 205 limit. Aldous comes out. He is actually, kind of, I'm just kind of surprised, he is escorted out uh, by Sam Shaw. Uh, Shannon Gregory and Scorpio Sky. So they all come out together. He's, he's got an entourage there. They're all good. Uh, he gets up, takes his shirt off. He looks unreal. Uh, super cut. Not an ounce of fat on him. Hey, that's uh, some of you guys. He looked like the freaking Russian from Rocky. Uh, he looks like he is ready to just to, to, to terminate somebody, destroy someone. He is in. So we got Cody at 206. All this is in at 238. Wow. Then they kind of square off. 
and you were making a comparison earlier, you know, with Marty to Kevin Nash, you should have seen the difference in these two. Now, I just while Rick was talking here, I looked it up. Cody is typically listed at 216. So Cody has lost about 10 pounds. He's going to be quicker, maybe a bit more agile, uh, which Nick Aldis, being a bigger guy, we know that he likes to wrestle that slow, methodical pace. Maybe Cody's been taking some tips from the Bucks here. Maybe Cody's going to try to slim down and uh, outspeed Nick Aldis, change up his approach a little bit. Carly, what do you think? That's that's actually a good possibility. I hadn't even thought about that. That's kind of cool. I don't know. What do you think, Uncle Barry? I, I'm sticking with, I'm going with Cody here. Uh, I don't know how long the reign will last. I still believe maybe he hands it back over during the NWA special coming up in late October. But I, I think that'll be a huge boost. Hey, Cody Rhodes is our champ. We got a big pay-per-view. He's got a rematch here. And then while, you know, why he's got that belt, you, you tie in Daniels just to start drumming up some PR for you. Saying he wants Rhodes next, or actually he wants any whoever emerges, he wants Aldis or Rhodes next. Then you tie Christopher Daniels right into that thing. You've you've got some nice attention on the NWA Championship through the end of the year. I'm with you. I'm thinking Cody's going to take this title if for no other reason than to sell tickets to NWA 70. Well, and as you want you want that really good moment at the end. You've got the Bullet Club out there holding the NWA Championship, the IWGP Championship, the Bucks with their tag team championships. Right. It's a lot of gold to be celebrating with as the 10,000 plus are chanting all in and you're closing out your show. So let's talk about tomorrow, September 2nd. Now what? You know, going back to uh, WrestleCraft, I think this was probably one of the more brilliant ideas that we heard this weekend and that goes to the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, one of the great minds in this business. Uh, he was highly entertaining with everything that he laid out in the stories and you know just you know cutting through the wrestle crap and with the humor and all that uh but he said what he would do and he said he give it he would tell the bucks to do this tell anyone involved to do it that night as they're leaving announce that all in two will happen and it'll happen in london love it that was a beautiful yeah that was brilliant Cut the WWE right off at the freaking balls before they can get their grubby little steak palm into it. Before they do anything else, you know, those fans have been, you know, since 92. They've they been, been craving been for Begging, pleading for anything. Anything. You know, not even, you know, they really want that WrestleMania, but any kind. Just throw them a bone and they're getting nothing. And you're seeing WWE, you know, when the price is right, when you're cutting a check to them. They're going to Saudi Arabia. They're going to Australia. And they're overlooking this diehard fan base that has been there that constantly sells out every time they're over there. Undying devotion. You see even the support when Impact goes there on their tours. Hey, All In announces that there. They're going to draw from every surrounding country there. It's going to be a hot ticket. They come out and drop that. You're talking about this All In One has been a shakeup in the industry. It's always going to stand there. You announce that. You take it to another level. That is a serious game changer. And that that comes from Kevin Sullivan, which was, a, you know, in my mind, simply an, an incredible idea. Yeah, that was a great idea. I love it. I hope Money MacGyver gets it, too. I hope it's not New York City. I hope it's not Los Angeles. I hope it's not Houston. I hope it's London. I would say for selfish reasons, I hope it stays in the States so that we can make sure that we're there. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, it, it can go anywhere, except for Canada, because then I know I won't be there. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> you, you can't have all in, man. Sorry, Joe. It's not happening. Um, I've got a couple people that I want to put over here. Um, number one, shout out to DDP for hooking us up. We got 30 days on the DDP Yoga app. Gonna have to check that out. Of course, I already have DDP Yoga. Then we've got our friends at the Unsanctioned Podcast, Super Kicking It with Kelsey. Curtain Jerker Designs, his name is Derek, and Derek is awesome. We have our friends over at the King of Pro Wrestling Podcast. We've got our friends over at WrestleView. Tommy and Levi at Heels and Quads. We went back to do their show. We've been telling everybody for months, we're going to go do Heels and Quads on Friday. Yeah, by the time we got over there, they were gone. They had already went mobile. So we'll, we'll have to hook up with those guys again. Uh, much love to Eric Bischoff. Shout out to Timmy Marsh for detailing my car. If you are in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and you need your car detailed, call up Timmy Marsh. 319-640-7012. Give him a call. He told me to do that. Ha <laughs> ha! Then we also have our new friends at the Smack Talk Showdown. We are going to be doing a full review of this game. You've heard of Cards Against Humanity. That's right. They turned it into a wrestling game, and that's going to be awesome. We're actually going to have their president, Dennis, come join us on the show. He's going to explain the entire thing to us. We've got so much awesome stuff coming up, and we've got so much content. I think I recorded like four and a half hours worth of content yesterday, of which maybe there's, you know, 45 minutes worth of good audio, but, you know. That's what makes editing fun. So we will be back with you. We'll probably do this again tomorrow after All In. That will be your Monday locker room. And if you want to hear us talk about the WWE, you're just going to have to wait until next week on the next episode of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 101, Huckleberry. This has been episode 100, sitting at a table across from one another in the same room. I'm not even going to be able to edit this because it's all the same microphones. I can't mute you and take stuff out. Like Carly spilling her drink all over me. That was just payback for that Diet Pepsi, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what that was. No. You were just trying to pay me back for that Diet Pepsi that I spilled on you. All right, so we will talk to you Monday in the locker room. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Never call one across that
Okay, you'll be trapping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go! Your bitch and I lied. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy.